Look in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 12. And I'm going to begin reading at verse number 1. Now I want to be a blessing to you tonight and hope that this will be. In verse number 1 it says, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath not he spoken also uh, by us? And the Bible said, And the Lord heard it. Now that's something. Of course, God hears everything we say, but it puts it in here that God heard it. And not only did God hear it, he didn't like it. You see. This is Moses' older sister. And for some reason, she really didn't care for Moses' wife. And she took it upon herself to speak against Mo uh, Moses. And, uh, she, and, and Aaron, he, was, he, was a, he went along with it, but Aaron was not the one that actually started it. It was Miriam. And, and it said, and the Lord heard it. Now listen to this. It says in verse 3, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And folks, don't mistake meek for weak. And don't you think because he was meek, he was weak. Any man leading nearly a million people is not weak, for sure. And so it said he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam and said, Come out, ye three. Now that would get your attention, wouldn't it? God said, You three, come out. And uh, that would be a fearful thing. And he called out the three unto the tabernacle of the congregation, and they three came out. And the Lord came down. He called them out, and then he came down. In the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and in the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now, what God is saying to Aaron and Miriam Moses is not like the other men. Sometimes he said, I speak to them in dark speeches. I speak to them, he said, in dark speeches. But my servant Moses, he said in verse 7, is not so. I speak to him mouth to mouth. I speak to, to Moses. And then he said this. Uh, 
He said, with him will I speak mouth to mouth, verse 8, even as apparently not in dark speeches and similitude of the Lord shall he behold wherefore. Then you were not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Now notice, Aaron said, We have done foolishly, and we have sinned. He's humbling himself. And he's, uh, he's begging Moses to, to, to have mercy on Miriam and to pray. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. Now notice Moses' spirit. Moses didn't say, well, that's good enough for her. Moses cried out to the Lord for Miriam. And he cried out unto the Lord in verse 13 and said, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, she should not be ashamed seven days. Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. After that, let her be received in again. Now look at verse 15. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. Now I want to preach to you tonight on this thought of holding up the journey. Holding up the journey. Do you know that all these thousands and thousands of people, thousands of people, was held up by one woman and one man because of what they did. They were held up. The journey stopped. The journey stopped. You know, I think about that we're on a journey as a church and as families. I'm on a journey as a preacher. And I don't want to hold up the journey. I want to be where God wants me to be. And I want to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Let me pray and then I'll preach to you a few minutes tonight on this thought of holding up the journey. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you will help me tonight to be a blessing to the First Baptist Church and the dear folks in this church. Lord, I thank you for this place and dear God for what you've done in my heart uh, through this church and through its college and through its ministries. And Lord, how that you've helped me and inspired me and motivated me. Uh, Lord, through the messages that's come from it and through the messengers, and through, dear God, the work and all that's went on in this place through these many years. Uh, dear Lord, how you've used uh, all of it to help this preacher. Now, Lord, help me tonight to help them to keep on going. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing I want us to see tonight is the reason for the journey. The reason for the journey is they had been set free from Egypt. Uh, you know, they were in bondage, and uh, they were in bondage, and God called Moses to go to Pharaoh 
and he sent Aaron uh, with him, and they went in and stood before Pharaoh, and you know the story how that uh, God sent the plagues, and finally, uh, when it all got down to the end of it, uh, God told uh, Moses, uh, I've, I've done all I'm going to do. I want you to get a lamb and tell everybody to get a male lamb without blemish and without spot and to sacrifice that lamb and to, and to sprinkle the blood or rather put the blood on the side post and the door post. And when I pass through here at midnight, uh, he said, when I see the blood, he said, I'll pass over you. And that night, you know how that God delivered them and they left Egypt. And uh, then Pharaoh come after them. And uh, how that God took care of Pharaoh and all of his men uh, down there in the Red Sea when God let the, those Jews cross on dry land and how he took care of them. And you know, you would think, you would think that these people, uh, Brother Wilkerson would have looked at Moses and his leadership. I would have been afraid to say anything. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'd been afraid to say anything about it because I had, would have seen what God had done with that man, how he had spoken with him, but how God had uh, used Moses uh, to guide and direct and to lead this crowd. But you see, uh, uh, Miriam here, as they were, the reason for the journey is they're headed to Canaan. That's where God had meant for them to go, is to go to Canaan. And folks, that's where God means for you and me to go, is to go to Canaan. And Canaan is not heaven. You know, you hear a lot sometimes in some even gospel songs. Will, you know, a man gets off a little bit and will lead you to believe that, that Canaan's heaven, but it's not. Uh, Canaan is the victorious Christian life. You see, it's not heaven. But they were journeying towards Canaan, you see. And that's what God's will for all of us. And so the, the reason for the journey, God had delivered them by redemption through the blood. And now they're, they're in route to Canaan, you see. They're on the way to Canaan's land. But on the way to Canaan, uh, the devil's going to try to get in the middle of things. And he got... Uh, he really some way got a hold of Miriam here and got some feelings in her heart against Moses' wife. And so now we see not only the, we see the reason for the journey, we see the rebellion. We see the rebellion in verses one and two in the journey, the rebellion. And, and here's what it is. You know, there's the reason there's the reason that they say sometimes what's bothering somebody, but then there's the real reason. And Miriam said, uh, does Moses think he's the only one that speaks, uh, that speaks through him? And the real problem was she had aught in her heart against Moses' wife. And so that's the rebellion. But nevertheless, that rebellion, God didn't, he didn't like it. And the Bible said in verse number uh, two, it said, and the Lord heard it. God heard it. You know, this right here ought to make us think about what we say. Because Brother Wilkerson, if I understand the Bible, God hears everything we say all the time. And we're going to get face God for what we say. We have to give an account of our words 
And you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And we need to be careful about what we say about criticism. We need to be careful about things that we, that we say, you see. And here's Miriam, Moses' sister. You'd have thought if anybody could have got by with it, she would have. But she didn't. And let me say this. Aaron, Aaron was really not a leader. Now, he really wasn't. I'll tell you how I know. Aaron didn't get the judgment on him that Miriam got because he was not the one that started. He just went along with it. And Aaron was, for the most part, a follower. You said, but he was the high priest. I know. But he was more of a follower. And I'll tell you how I know. When Moses, in Exodus 32, when Moses went up on the mountain, it was Aaron that let the people have their way back down in the camp. You remember that? And he let them have a rock concert down there. And they made a calf like it come out of Egypt. And so Aaron just let them have their way. But when the preacher got back in, he took care of business, didn't he? See? And that's why Aaron was not a leader. And when Miriam spoke up, Aaron followed Miriam. But he said, we have sinned. So he was into it too, and he knew it. But the reason she got judged, she was the one that started this. So we see here the reason for the journey, they're going to Canaan. And then we see the, uh, we see the uh, uh, rebellion in the journey, and then we see the rebuke in the journey. We see the rebuke from the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And then when the Lord heard it, he said, you three come out. You, you three, come here. Boy, that'd be a sobering thing for God to tell you to come here, wouldn't it? It really would. Can you imagine that? It said, and the three came out, and the Lord came down. God came down where they were. And then the Lord defended Moses. He said, now I'm telling you, he said, first of all, God said this. If somebody's going to be a prophet, and I'm going to speak to them, I'll let him know. But my, my man Moses is different. He said, I speak to him face to face, mouth to mouth. I let him know. And he was letting Miriam and he was letting Aaron know you hadn't done the right thing here. And, and after God spoke to him, the Lord departed. Now to me, that's one of the worst things about this thing. God left. And I'm going to tell you something. This is part of the rebuke. And I just want to say, you know what we need in this country? We need a revival of respect. You know, uh, and folks, I mean in a th a respect for authority. You know, in Proverbs chapter number 30, and I'm not going to turn over and read it for time's sake, but in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11, it said, There is a generation that curseth their father and do not bless their mother. And they're pure in their own eyes, and yet they're not washed from their own filthiness, preacher. But they're not afraid to speak out against their mother and dad. You know what that is? They need respect. See? And folks, we're in that generation. Thank God now for the, for the uh, children of this church and the teenagers in this church.
But listen, as a generation today, we got problems. See, about respect. Respect for parents. Respect for pastor. Respect for the president. I mean, you know, people don't think a thing about just saying whatever they think. But you know, you better remember about an office where God put somebody for the children, mom and dad, God put mother and dad there. And God put your preacher there. And God put your, your pastor there. God put your president there. You see what I'm saying? That we need a revival of respect. See? But uh, uh, Miriam found it out. God wasn't pleased with this. See? Uh, and we need respect. You see? Now, let me say this uh, right here. The record that held up the journey in verse 9, look at it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and the Lord departed. See, the problem is now, the record is God left. God left. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. The danger of sinning against light is to get God's presence to leave. We need the presence of God. On anything we do, we need God's blessings. And we need the power of God. We need God to be there. Do you know that this bunch of Jews, do you know what God was with them? Do you know they was a cloud? They had air conditioning before anybody had it. That cloud preacher went through that desert. See, when it talks about the wilderness, when we talk about wilderness down in the Carolinas, we're talking about pine thickets and kudzu and oak trees. That's wilderness. But when they're talking about wilderness here, it was desert, 120 degrees, 125, 30 degrees. And far as you could see in every direction was sand. So they needed a cloud by day. And that cloud represented God's presence. You see what I'm saying? And that cloud kept them cool through the day from the sun. And then at night, God reached up and turned that cloud over on red. And at night, heat come out of it. You ever been in a desert? It drops about 40 degrees at night from what it was that day. It'll drop in the desert. And then you need, it starts cooling off. Well, you see though, but when you ain't got God with you, you ain't got air or heat. And you ain't got the breath of God. God's gone. And the Bible said in verse number nine, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle and then Miriam became leprous. Folks, we're in trouble when God leaves. And you know, one of the things that's always uh, that I am uh, fear in my life, one of the things I fear, one of the greatest fears I've ever had is that God would leave my church and leave us. Now, uh, but as long as we do right, we ain't got anything to worry about. Yeah. But in that, uh, but in that, uh, that uh, uh, church of Ephesus there in the book of Revelation, the Lord told them, remember, you, you remember your first love. And then he told them to, to repent and to return and to rework. And he said, if you don't, he said, I'll remove the candlestick. You remember that? Well, the candlestick is the light. Where the light's from. And my dear friends, we don't need uh, God's light off of our church. And we don't need God's light off of our family. See, you can take, you can hold up the journey of your family. 
You remember over in the book of Joshua, in the book of Joshua, there was a man there by the name of Achan. You remember him, Achan? And Achan uh, went into that battle of Jericho and took some things that he wasn't supposed to take. God said, don't bring back no war trophies. And he picked up a Babylonian garment and a wedge of silver and gold and brought it back to his tent and dug a hole and put those items in his tent, in that hole. And, and, the, and, and Israel went to battle against a little country called Ai. And when they went to battle, uh, Joshua just sent a few troops down there. He said, just a few troops can take care of this. And they come back dragging the dead. And they was beat up and dead people, soldiers. And Joshua fell on his face. And uh, Joshua fell on his face and cried out to God. And the Lord said, Joshua, get up. Israel has sinned. Israel has sinned. Now it was one man. One man held up the journey of a whole army. And that man was Achan. He held up the journey of Israel. Achan held up the army. And then he held up the journey for his family. The next day they had roll call and brought everybody out there and lined them up. And Joshua said, boys, there's sin in the camp. There's sin in the camp. And somebody sinned. And, and Achan stepped forward and said, it's me. Now let me tell you what happened. This sounds hard, but brother, this is what they did. They brought Achan out there. And they brought his wife out there and children out there. And animals, everything out there. And stoned them to death in the valley of Achor. And piled stones on them. And then he sent his troops back to Ai. I said, now go take over. You know why? They got things taken care of. Now listen what it says later about Joshua. It's, I mean about Achan. It said, and Achan, this man, perished not alone. He died, but he didn't die alone. You know what he did? He held up the journey. See, his kids never got to go on the journey to be get married one day. His children never got to go uh, and graduate from Bible college. His children never, and, and him and his wife never got to enjoy the blessings of God later on down the road. And I'll tell you why, because Achan held up the journey. And my dear friend, in your life, whatever you do, don't hold up the journey. Don't hold up the journey of your church. You said, how can you hold up the journey of the church? Listen, don't hold up the journey by not praying. See, we think that we can take prayer or leave it. We're commanded to pray. Churches stop when they quit praying. He, he, he said, my house is to be called of all nations the house of prayer. But you've made it. Now we, and we hold up the journey when we quit giving. See, give and it shall be given. When you stop giving, God quits giving. I know what I'm talking about. I can tell you some stories. God's been good to me. I came to Trinity Baptist Church and we had a debt preacher, a big old debt, offering $1,000 a week. $1,000 a week is what was taken in totally, the whole church. And the payments on the building was $3,000 a month. My salary is $185 a week. I had two kids and one on the way. We had three missionaries. We had three. But I felt burdened. I'd see missionaries and I'd meet them out in meetings. I thought, well, I need to do more than I'm doing. 
And I trusted God. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you what we did. And we started little by little trying to help these missionaries and do more. And the more we did, the more God did. And the more we did, God did, and God just kept moving, and God kept moving, and finally I saw this thing. I said, friend, uh, we hold up the journey when we stop. See, when we stop. We stop going. When we stop sowing, we hold up the journey for somebody's eternity. You quit going soul winning, somebody's going, you, you stop the journey, they're not going to heaven. Say, why, we quit going. We quit giving. We held up the journey. Some missionary, somebody that needs help, we, 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 quit, we quit giving. We quit going. We quit praying. We quit doing things. And you know what it does? It stops the journey. It stops the journey. See, Miriam, they journeyed not. Miriam's a leper. She's, 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 in, she's in holding. The journey stopped. But whenever Miriam come out of there, in verse 16, it said, And afterward, the people removed. They started moving. They started moving. You see, the record that held up the journey, then the repentance in verses 15 and 16 there, and even where Aaron said, We have sinned down in verse number 11 and done foolishly, the repentance. And then the resuming of the journey. But notice the removal of God. God was removed. God said he departed. Oh, how did they get God back? Had to get things right. And when Aaron said, we've done foolishly, we've sinned. Then, listen, he said, we'll just put Miriam up for these days. And in so many days you can move. And then the journey resumed. But I wonder how many families have stopped because they're holding up the journey. Somebody's holding up the journey. They're holding up the journey. See, some dad quit going to church. He's holding up the journey. Somebody quit tithing. You're holding up the journey. Somebody quit praying. You're holding up the journey. See? And you'd think people had learned, but they didn't. You go on over here. And you know where the journey stopped? Right on the edge of Canaan. Chapter 13 is where Moses sent those spies on over into Canaan, Barnea, to spy out the land. The next chapter. Preacher, they was almost in pay dirt when all this happened. They was right, they wasn't far from Canaan. Yep. They, they wasn't far from Canaan. See, you know when the devil will try his hardest is when you got the you got the wagons are moving. And he says, We gotta stop the journey. That's the reason uh, Joseph told his brothers to go up and get his daddy, and, and he gave them them wagons, and he said, See that you fall not out by the way. Don't let something hinder the journey. Don't stop the journey. Don't get sidetracked. See? And folks, a church will move forward, but we need to do what we know God would have us to do. We know praying's right. We know being faithful is right. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we know it's right. 
Uh, we know that uh, tithing is right. We know soul winning's right and reaching people's right. We know it's right. You say, I know I ought to be going soul winning, but wait a minute, don't stop the journey. I know I ought to be given, but don't stop the journey. I know I ought to be living right, but don't stop the journey. Don't stop the journey. They stopped the journey. You know, I've asked God, Lord, don't let me stop the journey. Amen. Lord, I want the church to move forward. I want God to be able to work in our place. Don't, I don't want any hindrances, see. So here's what I'm trying to say. What I need to do is look at me and my family and just say, now, to my wife, my family, honey, let's not stop the journey. Let's, let's help our church go forward. Let's do what we're supposed to do. Let's do our part so that they can keep journeying towards Canaan so that we can get the blessings of God and God's presence will be there and God will be there and God will be real and God will be in that place and can work in that place as long as we don't stop the journey. But my friends, many times churches come to a dead stop. You know, tonight there are churches that's absolutely out of business. I mean, boarded up, closed. Everything stopped. Because one day somebody wouldn't do what they had to do to keep the journey moving. I don't know about you, but I want to do everything I can. Because I'm on a journey, and one day I have to face God. I'm going to face God at the judgment seat of Christ. And I want to have a good judgment seat. And I want to say with Paul, I finished my course. I kept the faith. I fought a good fight. And I stayed on the journey. You know, nothing's worth them to break down on a journey, ain't it? But you know what? I don't want to neglect things. If I get ready to go on a trip, I'm going to check my oil in my car and make sure there's oil in it. I'm going to make sure them tires are going to make the journey. I want to look at it and say they look like they'd make the journey. Let's do everything we can to keep the journey going. And in verses 15 and 16, or verse 16 rather, Miriam come out of there and the journey resumed. But you know, all of this was unnecessary. All because somebody got critical. They got critical of the preacher. And it could have been somebody else. It wasn't just the preacher. But you know what? People don't learn because over there, O'Cora and Byram and Adatham and all them, they done the same thing. They got over a little bit further and they said, Moses, you take too much on yourself. You think God's only spoken by you. Folks, God takes this serious. And Moses fell on his face. He didn't want to fuss with them, fight with them. And they kept on. And finally Moses, well, I'll tell you what to do. He said, come out here tomorrow and we'll find out who the Lord spoke by. My goodness. 250 men walked out there. All these people comes out here. That's a pretty good sized crowd. And old Moses looked up in the heavens and God opened up the heavens and the ground opened up and swallowed them up. And they dropped off into hell. I'll tell you something. I'd have been coming around saying, preachers, anything you need. I'd have been coming around saying, anything we need to do around here, something I can do to help this thing go on. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have got tangled up in that. 
Folks, we ought to do everything we can to keep the journey going. Everything you can to make this thing go forward. Pray like you ought to pray like you ain't never prayed before. Folks, you know something? If, we, if America has ever prayed, you better be praying. If you've ever prayed, pray now. Let me tell you, pray. Pray for your church. Pray for the power of God. Pray for your preacher. Pray for your family. Pray. Pray. And then listen. Win people to Christ. Go after people. Get back to the thing, listen, we're supposed to be doing. And win people to Jesus. Win souls. Be faithful. Be faithful to your church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Be faithful to the services. Hey, give and tithe to your local church. I believe the tithe goes right in this church. Your tithe ought to go in here. I ain't getting many amens on that, but it does. That's right. If you're a member of this church, you tithe in this church. You don't give your tithe someplace else. Brother, let me tell you something. If you go down here in the hospital to have surgery, you know who you're going to call? You're going to call Brother Wilkerson or one of these staff men. That's who's coming to pray with you. That's who's coming to see you. That's who's praying for you. Brother, this year, remember this church, you give your tithes and offerings in your church? Yes, that's right. Amen, it's absolutely right. And, and, and listen, help the journey go forward. Amen. And watch God. Boy, I'll tell you, I like to see things moving, don't you? I like to see a church. I was looking the other day through some old mail I had, and I had in there a letter many years ago that I got from Dr. Lee Robertson. I'll tell you this, and I'll, I'll turn it over to the preacher. And it had a, the letterhead. Some of you might remember this. On his letterhead, it said the church with a green light. It had a stoplight on it with a green light on it. The church of the green light. Do you know what that meant? The church on the go. Yeah. That's what it meant. We're on the move. We're on the move. Hey, I want to keep journeying, don't you? Yeah. I want to keep moving forward. Man, let's, let's, uh, let's just do everything we can to keep the journey going forward. In your family, in, in your home, in your church, in your Sunday school class, on your bus route. Every ministry, help it keep going forward. And don't do anything to slow down the journey. You know, there might be somebody here tonight that you're not even on the journey. You're not saved. If that's the case tonight, let me tell you something. 2,000 years ago, the Son of God took a journey from heaven down to Calvary. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this whole world and died for sinners and was buried and rose again from the dead so that you and me could take a journey to heaven one day. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to help everybody I can get on the journey. Yeah. I was on an airplane just a few weeks ago. I was on an airplane flying from Michigan. I was flying from Michigan. I'd been up there preaching. I was heading home. I was sitting in my seat, and I'd been studying my Bible. The flight was about two hours. There wasn't a whole lot of people on the flight. But I'm studying my Bible. And this young flight attendant, this man, who was a flight attendant, had a mask on, you know, worked for American Airlines. And he come over, preacher, and he bent over, and he looked right in my eyes. 
And he said, sir. And I said, yes. He said, can you help me? I said, well, sure. What do you need me to do? And I thought he was going to tell me I need to do something here. He said, I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death. I said, what's the matter? He said, I'm scared to die, sir. I'm afraid to die. And I noticed you with that Bible. And he said, sir, he said, if there is a God, could you help me get to him so that I won't be afraid to die? If there is a God. And I closed my Bible and I said, I got good news. First, let me tell you, you are going to die one day. Hebrews 9, 27. But I said, but Jesus come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I took him right down the Romans road and led him to Christ. And the next day I mailed him a brand new Schofield Bible. Here's what I'm saying. Trust Christ to get on the journey. If you're listening to me tonight, by the way of the internet, or you're here tonight and don't know if you died, you'd go to heaven, I want you to walk this aisle tonight and get saved. If you are saved, say, I'm going to do everything in my power to be submissive to God to keep the journey going.